You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome, everyone, to the Writer's Block Podcast, Season 2, Episode 12. I'm your host, Brandon Laurie. Alongside me, I have, of course, my great compadres, uh, David Howman, Brandon Clements, and Chris Halling. The Cowboys have another dominant win. They seem like that they're stacking these in bunches now over the Carolina Panthers on the road, 33-10. to 10. And man, oh man, what a historic day for the Cowboys in Charlotte, uh, where they're inducting Jimmy Johnson into the Ring of Honor. Finally, uh, Deron Bland has tied the record for pick sixes in a regular season with four. And of course, CeeDee Lamb is over the thousand yard mark uh, for the third time in three straight years for him as the Cowboys receiver. So a very, very productive day from all sides of the coin. Uh, Howman, for you, out of those three, which one was the most shocking or which one is the best accomplishment for the Cowboys? Um, I think, uh, I mean... I got to go with the Jimmy Johnson news um, as uh, just as someone who has like kind of been as many people have been, you know, harping on the Cowboys for how long it took to get to this point, how long it took for them to do like one of the simplest things out there. And um, you know, like Jerry has teased us with this for a few years now and said like, you know, oh, like we, we, you know, we love Jimmy or I think at one point he even straight up said like, it's going to happen, like it's coming. But then that, like that was a couple of years ago now. Um, so to see it actually happen and like kind of the shock and surprise of the way that it did happen, it was like, Oh my God, is this actually going to happen? And, and then it did. So that was nice. That was a fun time. I think it was funny that it was like literally right before a road game. Like when they, when Jimmy was talking with Jerry on the broadcast, like you could barely hear what they were saying. Cause the sound system for the stadium was blaring, but I was like, you know, it, it I think it, uh, for any of those who believe in the curse that, that this team has, I, I'm hoping that that's like the final thing to really get this, get this team moving forward and lift that curse. And hopefully it ends up with a really good year. Well, in B1, we know Howman is connected to the mystic arts. He's had a few uh, predictions this year go in different directions, positive and negative. So for him to believe in the Jimmy Johnson curse and for it to finally be broken, I guess that's a good thing, right? Like he said, it could end in a successful season for the Cowboys. Finally. Absolutely. And, and just like Howman, I, I believe in the curse as well. I mean, Jimmy Johnson has been, he should have been a ring of the honor uh, forever. He should have been in this thing. It, we've all been as a fan base. We've been waiting for this for years and years and years. And uh, even when Jerry Jones did it on a road game, really weird. I mean, I think we went back to 1923, I believe it was. So like we went back in time, apparently like Jerry Jones is, I don't know what's going on there, but it was funny because Jimmy Johnson played it off pretty well and was like, 1923, you mean not 2023, right? It was like the whole thing. It was, it was, it's Jerry, it's a typical Jerry Jones thing. He's made these interesting comments and different things over the years. The 
the uh, you know the different uh, glory hole kind of thing that we saw you know you know a while back. So we had some we had some interesting thing from Jerry Jones. But yeah, Hallman Hallman spot on. Like I, that can't. There's nothing else that is you know you know the thing this week is besides that because the Cowboys did what they're supposed to do, and that's kick the crap out of a really bad football team. We're we're used to that. Like that's what we're that's what we're accustomed to. I'm thankful that. The Cowboys did not uh, slip up. They didn't do the Houston Texan kind of game where it was very – I mean, there was a, maybe a few moments where it looked like that for a brief uh, a brief stint. But overall, I thought, you know, there was a very dominating performance. Uh, you know, everybody played their played their uh, role very well. Dak didn't have to put up 300 yards, and the team looked great. It was, it was a quality win against a not-so-quality football team. But, again – a win is a win is a win. I don't care if they have one win or six wins or, you know, they're undefeated. They beat another NFL team. So it's another successful week for the Dallas Cowboys, who are now 7-3. and three. So we're in good shape. Chris, I'll speak to you on behalf of both of us having the same shared experience of never witnessing a Cowboys Super Bowl. <laughs> uh, so we don't have to talk about the Jimmy Johnson aspect of it. Focusing on Deron Bland, today you quote tweeted something that I put out on X today, and you just put about Deron Bland, DPOY. Are you passionate about Deron Bland having this Defensive Player of the Year candidacy, and do you think he belongs at the top? Seeing what he's done this year alone, and then even you can go back to last season and how dominant he was as a corner as a rookie. Yeah, honestly, I am pretty passionate about it um, just because, I mean, I know that a lot of analysts are going to go ahead and go with the route that it should be T.J. Watt. It should be either Miles Garrett, Micah Parsons, one of those dominant edge rushers. But, you know, Stephon Gilmore, current Cowboy, won Defensive Player of the Year in 2019 as a cornerback. And if you compare Deron Bland's 10 games now to his entire season on that year that he won that award, I mean, Deron Bland's on a pace right now to have a much better season than Stephon Gilmore did that year. So I don't think it's unheard of for a cornerback to win the award. And, you know, I thought that Trayvon Diggs got as close as he could to it um, but that year that he had, what, um, 11 interceptions? Yeah. And, um, and, yeah, I think that the big difference this time is that, I mean, when, when Trayvon Diggs was that dominant as a ball hawk, he was able – to, you know, get those big plays and, and uh, really score for the Cowboys and make big plays. But he also gave up big plays in the air as well. And we haven't seen that from Deron Bland this year. He's doing the best of both. He's also locking down opponents as well. You um, tweeted something um, um, earlier today as well. And um, it was talking about how uh, he's allowed only a 29.1 passer rating allowed, which is first in the NFL. He's is a 90.9 coverage grade according to PFF, which is uh, first in the NFL. He's um, only allowing a 46% completion percentage. You know, he's allowing 23.1 yards per game. He's only allowed one touchdown all season. I mean, these are astronomically good numbers, and it's it's insane to think that he's only in his second year. You know, we came into the season thinking that Trayvon Diggs and Stephon Gilmore was going to be the best duo in the NFL at the cornerback position, and it's just it's just been mind blowing how good Deron Bland has been. It's you know, it's to the point where you know, even if we lose Stephon Gilmore in free agency, you know, this um, upcoming off season, then we probably will still have the best cornerback duo in the NFL once um, Trayvon Diggs comes back healthy. You know, it's a shame that we haven't been able to see all three of them together for very long, but who knows, maybe this, you know, I mean, I I'm, I'm mean, like we'd obviously rather have a, a healthy Trayvon Diggs, but I think that one blessing to that curse has been Deron Bland being able to step up on the outside and really, you know, you know, improve his game and showcase his skills. So I think it's just leading up to a big, um, season next year when we get both of them back on there i think that deron bland should be the favorite defensive player of the year right now and um if he's not then 
I mean, it's, you know, I mean, it's okay, but it's, it's a really impressive thing that we have him and Micah Parsons. You know, I I can't think of any other teams in the NFL who has two defensive player of the year candidates right now. Yeah. And it's an interesting thing how you were rattling off all those stats. And the one thing was the four pick sixes wasn't even mentioned. And it's not, you know, to no fault of your own, it just shows how long his resume has been so far this season. And I, the one thing I appreciate about him is he's not like your typical corner with the mentality like a prime back in his day in the 90s where he's just very calm, cool, and collected. He was, of course, talking to Aaron Andrews after the game, and you could just see he's just a very even keel guy, and that's the one thing he mentioned about this defense is there's no high, there's no low. It's like this team is just very steady on the defensive side of the ball, and he kind of embodies that. And I remember you know, a few years back when Trayvon Diggs was having all these interceptions, you know, you could see that the team – was rallying around that, like that mentality that tra- that Trayvon Diggs have. So if they're rallying around someone like a Micah Parsons, a Deron Bland, those are two guys that are great to have on your team um, and something that going forward, you want to see him break the record. You want to see him continue this type of trend that he's been on and be one of the most dominant corners. At least, you know, right now, you could say in the past few weeks, he's been, if not the best, one of the best corners in the NFL. I just also want to, while we're talking about Deron Bland, I got to mention, that he, you know, he tied the record for pick sixes. One of the guys he tied that record with, uh, Eric Allen, who unfortunately played for the Eagles, but also he played his college ball at my alma mater, Arizona State. So I feel like I got to get in on this action, bring up wow. my Arizona State guys. And, You're pulling them in uh, here. What's going on? Yeah, I, I got to do it. I mean, hey, Arizona State still has a head football coach employed, so I got to I got to take my dance when I can. <laughs> Well, you know, if everybody didn't see the news, uh, and I'm sure B1 uh, put it out there uh, in some form or fashion that Syracuse lost their head coach, um, you know, and credit to him, you know, doing the best he could. But, you know, it's just one of those things where business is business at the end of the day, right? It really, no, it is. It's, it's, it's a business thing. And, uh, you know, I, I've, uh, Hallman was so nice enough to throw some candidates my direction. So I do appreciate the, the love from Hallman. Yeah, I don't have any good Syracuse references this week. It's kind of, for me, it's kind of like a week of mourning because of the situation. You know, I love, you know, I love, you know, I love Dino as a guy. So it's, uh, you know, one of those situations. So if I think of some Syracuse references before the end of the day, we'll, uh, we'll, uh, we'll discuss them. Well, and, and the college football season is going to be coming to a close in the next few weeks. But for the Cowboys, their season is just kind of hitting its stride. Everybody always talks about how Thanksgiving is sort of the beginning of the season. You know, that's when the season really takes part. I know Bill Parcells always mentioned that, too, that you can kind of really know what these teams are once it hits Thanksgiving. And for the Cowboys, they are playing a quick turnaround. They are playing on Thursday against the Commanders. But we're not going to talk about that game because with the short week, all the podcasts on Blogging the Boys uh, Podcast Network will help preview that matchup. What we're going to do is we're going to focus on the playoffs and sort of some playoff scenarios leading to the playoffs with certain players, coaches, a lot of different things. So we're going to do a game of buy or sell. So I'm going to ask our little panel that we got going on here uh, some statements, you know, and, and they can either buy it and believe in what I'm saying, or they can sell it and kind of turn it in a different way. So, of course, ESPN has a great playoff generator. You guys at home can kind of play along and fool around with some different scenarios. I know I spent a ton of my time in high school playing around with this as it got to this time of year, so it's always a good thing for me to reminisce on. Um, But I'm going to start with statement one here, and that the Cowboys, since the loss to the 49ers, they've won four out of their last five games I'll throw it to you first, Chris. Um, Which version of the team are you buying that we'll see down the stretch of the year as we enter the playoffs? Is it going to be the one that's closer to 
the Chargers-Eagles game where they play these teams a little bit closer, it's a little bit more competitive, or do you really believe that the Cowboys can take advantage of what momentum they're building with these blowout wins against the Rams, Giants, and Panthers, and that's the team that we're going to be seeing for the rest of the year? I think that they can definitely build momentum off what they've been doing. Um, I do think, though, that the season is going to get a lot harder. I mean, we have the Commanders up next on Thanksgiving, but then the Cowboys play the Seahawks, the Eagles, the Bills, and the Dolphins. And I know the Bills are kind of struggling right now, but, you know, like, they're still the Bills. They're still Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs. It's not going to be an easy one, especially it's it's uh, December 17th. You know, it's going to be really cold, and, and, you know, Dak hasn't always been, you know, that that guy necessarily when it comes to that cold weather. And so, I don't know, I think that we're going to see some more, I would say, I, I think we're going to see some more close games, but I think that we've seen a lot that would give me confidence that the Cowboys will overcome those close games. I mean, we've seen some really, you know, great performances from Dak Prescott. He's played like a completely different quarterback since that um, San Francisco 49ers game. And, you know, I really think that this Cowboys team can beat the Eagles. I'm hoping that the Eagles lose also tonight against the Kansas City Chiefs. I think that would be really nice for our um, uh our division hopes um but yeah no i would um i'm uh, pretty confident that um we're gonna see a really good version of the cowboys heading forward but i think that there will be some close games but i do think you know over those next five games i think we're gonna see about four to five uh um wins honestly so i think that we can still ride that momentum and beat these hard teams but i don't think they're gonna necessarily be those 49 to 17 games that we're seeing you know against the giants and you know even the 33 to 10 win that we got against the panthers so so, yeah, so that's my opinion. And, and B1, I mean, we really have seen just over the past five games that the Cowboys have played close just twice all season. I mean, even when you look at their loss to the 49ers and their loss to the Cardinals, I mean, the Cardinals game was the closest one out of the two. But besides the game against the Chargers and against the Eagles loss at Philadelphia, I mean, it's been lopsided all season. So, to Chris's credit, if he thinks that they can build momentum, I mean, there is a long track history here. And, yeah, it, it is coming against lesser opponents, but – I, I don't know. I mean, we've seen throughout McCarthy's tenure that he can put these games together and against opponents like we've seen against the Eagles a few years back. They're not the Eagles of, of this year, um, but it can be against quality opponents. And I don't think anybody should be shocked about it, especially when you look at last year's playoffs when they went and, and beat Tampa Bay in Tampa Bay. That was a blowout loss or a win rather. So um, I don't know. I think it can be possible. Yeah, no, I, I think this stretch coming up, I, I think this is going to be what I call the meat and potatoes portion of the season. You know, a lot of, you know, a lot of Eagles fans are talking about the schedule and, you know, the Cowboys have had some layups. Like the Eagles are, the, the, like the roles are kind of reversed. Like I feel like the Eagles are going to have a, definitely an easier stretch than the, the Cowboys coming up throughout the rest of the year. And here's the thing, you, you know, you name all the different matchups that are coming up. The two the two games that are against the team that I, that I think the Cowboys should easily win are against the Washington Commanders, and that's not a. Those are not games that it doesn't matter what the records are. You just throw those out of the. You just throw them in the water, so to speak. Just get rid of them because it's going to be a smash mouth game. They're 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 division opponents. So like between that and then you know you have Seattle, Philly, Buffalo, Miami, Detroit. Those are all going to be tough games, and uh, you know I'm definitely going to be in Buffalo in December. I'm gonna hopefully it'll be one of those very nice uh, days in Buffalo in December, which probably not going to happen. So. It's it, it's and that's into Chris's point. Yeah, the cold is going to play a factor. Like the Bills are doing what you know. The Bills have been quite quite honestly up and down this year. Josh Allen has been a turnover machine. But at, at the end of the day, Buffalo in Buffalo in December is going to be tough, especially against a team that has the weapons that they have. So I mean, overall, it's it, you know it's it's going to be a tough road. But I do think you know the next seven games. I I would be shocked 
if they don't win, I would say I'd say go five and two down the stretch. That's kind of my feeling on it right now. Uh, Howman, I'm going to call this. I'm I'm doing this right on the spot as as we're speaking. I'm going to call it the Jamison Williams McFlurger stretch. Uh, I mean, if anybody saw on Twitter, Jamison Williams uh, famously now put uh, part of his McFlurry on his burger. But when you look at the Cowboys' schedule right now, is sandwiched by two games against the Commanders. Most people would say that that that's probably the best part of their schedule. But to to Brandon's point, I mean, the meat of the schedule right now is going to be the the Seahawks, Eagles, Bills, Dolphins, Lions. Out of all those games, if you were to pick one to be a blowout, if you believe and want to buy the statement that the Cowboys are this type of team, which is the one game against those opponents that you can believe is like, okay, if the Cowboys can blow out one of these opponents, it would be against this team. Um, I think it would probably have to be the Seahawks just because, I mean, all, all due respect to Seattle, they, they've, you know, also all season so far, all they do is just keep winning, but they've also had some losses to some other really good teams where they just haven't really been able to keep pace with them. So, uh, and we haven't even seen them face the 49ers yet, which that's that's going to be a big deal for them. Geno Smith got kind of banged up this last week, and and that's going to be uh, difficult. Whatever his situation is, obviously we hope that that he's healthy, that he's he's doing well. But um, I think that's you know when you look at those other teams, I see uh, a lot of other ones that will be really close. I, honestly, Seattle could be close too. Like they're a good team, but if I had to pick one of those, it's going to be one of those blowout wins for them, whether they're just going to kind of outclass them. I think it could be Seattle just because they, they still have some uncertainty on the defensive side of things and, and their offense is still really heavily dependent on Geno Smith doing incredible Geno Smith things, which I love as someone who's been touting him since he came out of West Virginia and was happy to see him finally live up to some of those expectations. But um, I, I just think that's a situation where they, they might be able to get a, an easier win than it might be in some of those other weeks. Uh, let me add to that really quick. So, uh, you know, the, I think Seattle, that's a definitely a fair, a fair uh, team that you could see the Cowboys blowing out. I would say the Detroit lions. I mean, I know, I know the lions. I know that's how many has been on the, the Detroit lions. Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't say fandom because he's a Cowboys fan, but he's been, he's been banging the drum for the lions to be really good. And he's been pretty spot on with that analysis. Dan Campbell's doing a hell of a job there. But I, I don't know, for some reason, for me, I'm just sitting there looking at it. I'm like, Detroit's coming to our dojo, and I just feel like I feel like that's going to be, you know, I, I have a feeling like you're going to get through the bumpy stretch of Philly, Buffalo, Miami. Like, I'm not overlooking Seattle by any means. I think that'll be a close game. But Philly, Buffalo, Miami, like that, those three games I think are going to be tough. And, you know, two of those three are going to be, you know, away. So I feel like they're going to come back with some home cooking. And the Cowboys have cooked at home very well this year. So for me, that's I'm just looking at it based on, you know, what I've seen thus, thus far, where I could see that Detroit game, if anything, being a, a, one of those blowout games where the Cowboys are, you know, where Cowboys Nation comes out and says, all right, we're going to be Super Bowl champions, you know. So, like, well, you know, that's that, that I could see that kind of happening. So Detroit would probably be of the next few games, aside from Washington. That's where I would go. Chris, I'm going to turn back to you for statement number two here. Um, statement two is the week 14 matchup with the Eagles will decide the division. Do you buy or sell that statement? I buy that statement. Um, honestly, I don't think the Cowboys are going to lose up until that point. So that means a win against the Commanders and then a win against the Seahawks. That puts them at, I believe, nine and three. Math here, nine and three. Yes, nine and three. And then um, tell me those Eagles next two games. So I know that they got the Chiefs tonight, and yeah. then the Eagles 
I know that their schedule is really tough. Is it the 49ers next week? So it's it's going to be the Buffalo Bills are traveling to Philly, okay. and then they are hosting the 49ers. So their only game on the road will be tonight as we're recording against the Chiefs, and then they have a homestand against the Bills and then against the 49ers. Yeah, that's rough. That's a really rough stretch. So I think that we're really getting to a situation here where the schedule is going to align really, really nicely for the Cowboys and uh, really poorly for the Eagles. And the great thing about this is the Cowboys won't just be battling for a division at that point. They'll be battling for a conference because assuming, you know, with how good of a record the Eagles have right now and assuming how good of a record that that winning those games out would be for the Cowboys – I think that you're setting yourselves up to really play for the first seed in the NFC. And that would be massive for the Super Bowl chances of the Cowboys, considering how great they've been at home. They're on like a 12-game win streak. So I think that it would be huge for the Cowboys. I think that there's so much riding on that game. And, you know, a loss to the Eagles there would definitely define – or it it would definitely determine a division loss for the Cowboys. So, so yeah, so it's going to have all the division um, um, hopes on the line for that game. So it's massive, and I'm excited to you know host them at home and um, get another shot at them. B1, I'll throw it to you with one of the scenarios that I was looking up. So, for instance, if the Cowboys, like Chris is saying, win out before their matchup in Week 14, the Eagles lose out before the matchup, the, the Cowboys will already have the lead and would be the number two sitting at 9-3. and three. The Eagles would then be at 8-4, and four, um, and then they'd have the, the tiebreaker, I believe, um, if the Eagles were to win, depending on – I, I got to figure that out um, – but, you know, you really look at the stretch. The Cowboys need the Eagles to lose one or two of these games for Week 14 to kind of matter. Um, if they went out and the Cowboys went out, that just means that the Eagles will have a better record entering that game. Um, they would be at 11-1, and and the Cowboys would be at 9-3. and um, And so then, really, it's like you're trying to just catch up to them in that game. And then if they lose and they end up being 9-4, and the Eagles go to 12-1, then really I think the division is kind of wrapped up. So how do you see it entering Week 14, and will it be for the deciding the division? I, I, think, it, I think it will be because I, I do think because the, the Eagles, like you mentioned, they're playing KC – you know, Monday night, they're you know this you know this, as this airs, it'll, the game will be already over. But they're playing KC, Buffalo, San Francisco. You know those. You know, hopefully, hopefully, you know we see you know two out of three they lose. I don't think they lose all three. I'll be straight with you on that one. I don't think that happens. I do. Th- I, I could see a one and two out of that out of this three game stretch. And then let's be honest that you know after the Cowboys game. The last four weeks for them, I think, are a cupcake. They're a cupcake stretch for them because they're playing Seattle, Giants, Arizona, and then Giants again. Like, especially the final three games, like, they, they're going to probably win all three of those games unless they decide, you know, they have the division wrapped up and they sit, you know, they sit their team on week 18. But for me, you know, the Cowboys need to hope that this upcoming, you know, three-game stretch, the, you, know, the, the, you know, the Chiefs, Buffalo, San Fran, they got to lose two out of three. Or I do think the Eagles will put it to bed because I think the last the last quality opponent for the Eagles is that Week 14 matchup against the Cowboys. Nothing against Seattle, but I do think the Eagles will beat Seattle no matter what happens. I just think they're a better team. I think they match up better, and just in my opinion. So you know, it's going to come down to. I think it will come down to Week 14 because I have a good feeling about uh, the Eagles' chances of losing at least you know two out of three coming up. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. 
That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, and, and Hellman, to his point, after that, when you look at the Cowboys schedule, that's when they go on that run where they have to play Buffalo, they have to play Miami. Um, then they are going to be playing the Detroit Lions, who are currently the number two seed. So really after that, it's sort of the inflection point for the Cowboys and Eagles where they currently stand, where this is the toughest part of the Eagles schedule, probably the softest part of the schedule for the Cowboys. And then once they meet in week 14, then it goes in the opposite direction where it becomes the hardest spot for the Cowboys and the easiest stretch potentially for the Eagles. So that's why I look at it, and I do believe that week 14 will, if not decided, like I said, if the Cowboys win out and the Eagles win out, then it might not matter that much. You need the Eagles to lose two or three of these games, um, and then the Cowboys just need to have almost a perfect season for the rest of the year for it to matter. But if you sit at that fifth seed, it's not the end of the world. That's where they were at last year, and they had a lot of success in that spot. Um, but you know, do you see a road where the Cowboys just, if you had to sit here right now um, on November 20th before Thanksgiving, the Cowboys win the uh, win the division, yes or no? Yes, I, I definitely think that's very much possible. Um, it, it's going to be a little difficult. It, there's, there's, you're going to have to beat some really good teams to get there. But personally, like that's how I want it. You know, I, I want this team to have to earn it, have to go out there and and beat some really good teams on the road. You know, in December. Um, and speaking of like Mike McCarthy for his career and since coming to Dallas, he's been really good in December. Um, I think that he's uh, 11 and two with the Cowboys in the month of December. Um, so he's, he's someone who like very much values like winning at home. He values winning in December. We've talked about how like the Cowboys have been really good playing at home under him. They've also won a lot in December. Obviously this year will be a much tougher December schedule, but um, I, I, I definitely see like with what we've seen from the Cowboys the last few weeks, when, when they've gotten their offense going, what we know this defense can be um, Brandon Aubrey is like automatic unless it's extra points apparently. Um, but you know, field goals is, are worth three, you know, three times as much the extra mm-hmm. points or who cares. Um, I mean, th- this is a team that is capable of going and winning all those different games, not saying that it necessarily will happen, but there, there is definitely a path to winning the division uh, getting the, the number one seed in the NFC too, although that'll take a couple of losses from the Lions. And of course they play the Lions, but um, you know, the Lions also have a pretty, pretty good shot at getting that first seed. So they need a couple of games to kind of fall their way a little bit, but I, I can see it happening. 
I want to go to statement three because this kind of ties in with the fact, um, Chris, I'll turn it back to you, where let's just say the Cowboys don't get um, the number one seed. They don't win the division. Right now, as it stands, they're not a lock to at least get one of the wild card spots, but it's pretty close given the fact that the Seattle Seahawks lost um, you know, this weekend and then the Minnesota Vikings did. So they're not really playing catch up with that fifth seed right now as it stands right now where the Cowboys are currently slated. Um, but when you're looking at the seeds right now, number one is, of course, the Eagles. Number two would be Detroit. Number three would be the 49ers. And then number four would be the New Orleans Saints, which, again, the NFC South is uh, uh, not a great division like it was last year, kind of fighting towards the bottom uh, for those guys. So I'll say this. Let's just say the Cowboys are guaranteed a wild card spot, right? Five, six, or seven seed. To me, and this is the statement, the easiest matchup would be going to face Detroit at home. By yourself. So it would be, as it stands right now, Detroit at number two, 49ers at number three, New Orleans at number uh, four. Do you believe that the Detroit Lions are the easiest uh, of those teams to face in the playoffs? Um, are you saying between the Eagles and the 49ers, or are you also including the, the Saints? I'm, I'm well? just throwing out the wild card round. So let's just say the Eagles get the bye. So it would be playing either the Lions or at the yeah. seventh seed, uh, it would be the going to San Francisco, going to San Francisco as the sixth seed, or going to New Orleans as the fifth seed. Oh, I'd much rather go to New Orleans as that fifth seed personally. I mean, like imagine seeing Micah Parsons, you know, get in that backfield and, and um, put pressure on uh, Derek Carr. And and honestly, I think that the Saints. I mean, I don't want to get ahead of myself here, but that kind of feels like a bye week in itself. Like I'm not trying to, you know, just you know, just talk wow. complete trash on the Saints, but. I mean, that's as close to having a bye week in the first week of the playoffs as you can get. And I think it's almost better than having a bye week because at least your players can, you know, you know, stay in rhythm and at least get some reps in. It's kind of like a preseason game at that point. I think if the Cowboys have to play the Saints in the first round of the playoffs, that's going to be one of those giant scores. It's going to be like one of those 49 to 17 ones. And then you have a ton of momentum going into that divisional round game. I would still rather see the Cowboys get home field advantage and just have the original bye week just because of the home field advantage aspect of it. But yeah, I would feel very comfortable if the Cowboys do get the fifth seed, I feel very comfortable against any of those um, NFC South teams. Uh, Howman, uh, the one reason and that I've made this statement was because of the fact that you have the Superdome aspect of it, where you're going to play in New Orleans for a playoff game. Uh, they have a history of being one of the best or the hardest stadiums to play in. Um, so for that reason, it just freaked me out a little bit because it's not really Tampa Bay where Tampa Bay, when the Cowboys played there last year, I mean, it was borderline home game. Uh, advantage for them but for the Superdome does that scare you a little bit like would you much rather them go to Ford Field in in Detroit I mean I I I get what you're saying as far as the venue as far as the like I mean Superdome's a hard place to play and the Saints to their credit they have a really good defense um, and they've had a really good defense for quite a while now Um, so I I I get that Um, having said that you know I mean, we don't even necessarily know if the Saints are going to win their division, if they're going to be that playoff team. It could be the Buccaneers. It could be the Falcons. Um, I don't think it could be the Panthers. I'll I'll do respect to them. (laughs) But, I mean, it it could be any one of those three teams that wins that division and gets that that first-round home field advantage. Um, We pretty much know the Lions are winning that division. Like, they're in a really good spot. Uh, I don't want to play the Lions necessarily, you know, being a road team just because – they're a very good team. Yeah, it's a, it's a harder place to play in New Orleans versus Detroit, but I'd, I'd much rather 
Um, you know, if, if it's about going on the road, you want to face the team you have a better chance of beating. And I think they have a much better chance of beating the Saints or the Buccaneers or the Falcons, whichever NFC South team it, it might be in that situation. Um, but I, uh, I mean, I, I think I probably have the higher highest opinion of the Lions of, of the four of us, just as a Dan Campbell fan and someone who you was uh, pounding the table for him to come to Dallas originally, although Mike McCarthy will do. Um, Dan but, pounding uh, the table for Sam Laporta as well. So yeah, it's like it, that's like my my dream team right there, Dan Campbell and Sam Laporta. So, um, but yeah, I I wouldn't want to face that team whether it's on the road, whether it's in Dallas. They're just a really tough, well coached team. Yeah, I mean, listen, I made the statement. Full disclosure, I truly believe that it would be better for them to be the the fifth seed as it's currently slated to go to an NFC NFC South team. Um, you know, to travel to the NFC South. Uh, I, I just, the one reason I bring it up with Detroit is when you look at their experience as a team, they are certainly one of the more young teams when it comes to playoff experience. Of course, Jared Goff has had the most probably, uh, across all the players on the team. Um, and I know C Chauncey Gardner Johnson is on there as well. Um, I mean, Jared Goff is two and three in the playoffs, 57.4 completion percentage, 79.9 quarterback rating. I know the Lions are one of the better offensive lines. But I think that the Cowboys, when it comes to a shootout, the Detroit Lions certainly are not as great on defense as maybe a New Orleans Saints. I know the New Orleans Saints are a better pass defense right now. Um, And so if you kind of had to be in a shootout right now, we've seen the Lions kind of come close, even with a team like the Chicago Bears as recently as this week, where they're going back and forth. Jared Goff is throwing three interceptions. It's not a great day at the office. But the Bears are an inferior opponent compared to the Cowboys, and they happen to you know squeak out a win in that game. I just think when you look at the the Lions, they're not really showing that they could be a dominant team if they were to win out. Where three out of the next ten games um, from Week Seven would be against winning opponents. That would be Minnesota twice and the Cowboys once. Like after Week Seven, they're not really playing these tough teams. Whereas the Saints or whoever is in the NFC South, they kind of have to fight and claw their way, maybe get a little bit more momentum towards the end of the year. So. Is there a case, Brandon, for, for that statement? Or are you really just, again, all four of us are in agreement that you go to the NFC South and that's the best possible scenario if you're going to be a wild card team? That's the absolute best scenario. And here's the other thing that you guys haven't mentioned. Uh, let's let, let me, uh, I mean, let's get our geography out, guys. Let's, let's look at a map. I believe Louisiana is bordering uh, Texas, and uh, Shreveport is, like, very close to the Texas border. So uh, there are a lot of Cowboys fans in Louisiana. That is that is a known thing. And, yes, the Superdome is a crazy place from what I've heard. I, you know, I do know I do know a couple Saints fans. It is a crazy place to play. But Cowboys fans travel well. And last time I checked, the, that's not that far of a hike from uh, from even Dallas, Texas, or even, like, Tyler, Texas, any part of – you know, that part, that part of the, the state to Louisiana. So I think they're going to travel well. And I'm not saying it's going to be, you know, an impromptu like home game or, or in Chris's case, like a bye week or anything like that, because, you know, New Orleans, yes, New Orleans is five and five, but at the end of the day, they do have a quality defense. In my opinion, they still got some guys over there and there are some, there are some offensive weapons like Chris Olave could do some damage, for example, you know, I think they still have Alvin Kamara last time I checked. So, you know, Alvin Kamara and, and against the Cowboys, you know, I call it sometimes Swiss cheese offense or a, a rush defense against a good a good offensive attack like that. So, you know, Alvin Kamara is somebody to look out for. 
You know, they also have a former Detroit Lion, Jamal Williams, uh, as well. So they do have some – I had to throw that in there because, you know, we were talking Detroit there for a moment. You know, it, it, to me, yeah, the, for me, the Lions would be the next best choice just because, you know, I like I said earlier, that's the game that I would see the Cowboys like just for some odd reason, home cooking after a couple of bye weeks, you know, just, just smashing them in, in, in our dojo. But if I have to pick one, it's New Orleans every time because – the NFC, the NFC South, like you had mentioned, we all agree. The NFC South is is a dumpster fire. Let's be honest with you. So if the Cowboys end up getting the five seed, that's good. For, that's good because here's the thing, and I, and maybe some Cowboys fans don't want this, but if the seeding plays out the way you know it should, aside from the Cowboys being New Orleans, let's see. It would be let's see, uh, San Francisco, Seattle, Detroit, and Detroit, Minnesota. So if Detroit and San Francisco both win those matchups. Ooh, I wonder where we're going to be going the, in a divisional round. Oh, that's right. We're going to Philadelphia. And uh, who wouldn't want a little uh, – who wouldn't want to end the Philadelphia Eagles season in the divisional round? And to me, as a as somebody who said Mike McCarthy needs to get over the divisional round hump, what better place to do it than in that place we call Philadelphia? And just to send those send those boys packing home, and we're on to the NFC Championship, baby. Yeah, and I do think that for the Cowboys to go on the road, it's not the worst consolation prize if they don't win the division. If you're going to the NFC South, if you lock up that fifth seed you know, over the next few weeks, because they've shown that they have the DNA to do it as recent as last year, as we mentioned with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers win um, in Tampa Bay. And I think a lot of players, to your point, where they want to, you know, Howman, like you said, kind of just – Make sure that they that they kind of earn it a little bit and, and go on that run. Um, that's something that they tried to do last year and unfortunately came up short in San Francisco, but they have it in their DNA to do it. And the final statement that I have is they traded for two players to kind of surround themselves for this moment. You know, when you look at veteran leadership, you also want to see experience in the postseason playoff success. And two of the guys that they traded for are Stephon Gilmore and Brandon Cooks. We mentioned Stephon Gilmore up at the top. But, of course, Brandon Cooks didn't have the best game, you know, this week. But he certainly has it in him to put up 170 yards. We've seen that as recently as the Giants game. So, Chris, I'll throw it to you. If the Cowboys are to have a deep playoff run, who's more important to them for their success, Brandon Cooks or Stephon Gilmore? I'm just thinking about the potential matchups that um, the Cowboys will be going up against. And I'm thinking about, you know, you have the San Francisco 49ers that have Brandon Ayuk and they have Debo Samuel. You have, you have the Philadelphia Eagles who have Devonte Smith and AJ Brown. I think that it's going to be really important for Stephon Gilmore to really step up and, and be that premier lockdown cornerback, just because, you know, we've seen that Deron Bland has been really, really good in coverage um, although his one, you know, um, touchdown that he's allowed all season was was to Devontae Smith in that Eagles game. I still think it was, you know, like relatively good coverage. It was just a really, really good throw by Jalen Hurts. But it's going to be really important for both of the for both of those guys to step up and be elite at the same time because you know we saw in that uh, 49ers game that um, they were pretty much able to get whatever they wanted offensively against their defense. So I think it's going to be really important for um, Stephon Gilmore to step up. I will say I think it's going to be extremely important as well for Brandon Cooks to step up as you know also because we're going to need more from um, the um, Cowboys and just seeing C.D. Lamb, you know, you know, get 10 plus receptions every single game. I mean, it's, I mean, it's awesome and it's really impressive, but you know, we need that deep threat for the Cowboys right now. We need a guy who can really, you know, like open up the run game, open up everything for the offense. But I think when you just look at the matchups, I think that it's going to be more important for Stephon Gilmore to step up and have those timely interceptions, have those timely um, uh, um, pass breakups and um, just really step up for that defense. Howman, what about you? 
Well, I think the real answer is Jalen Brooks. I'm surprised Chris didn't go there. Wait <laughs> for <laughs> um, I, I think ultimately I got to go with Brandon Cooks um, just because, uh, you know, as, as Chris was talking about, like some of the receivers are going to have to go up against. I'm thinking like, yeah, on one hand, yeah, you, you got to limit those guys. But at the same time, you got to score more than those guys. Mike McCarthy said it best when he said defense wins championships, but the Super Bowl is won by the quarterback. Well, what makes a quarterback's job easier than having a guy like Brandon Cooks, who when you're not throwing those, you know, 10 catches to CeeDee Lamb and just, you know, spamming the CeeDee Lamb button over and over, Jake Ferguson as a safety blanket, having a guy like Cooks who can move the chains, who can be a deep threat. Um, I, I think being able to have that extra element of this offense, uh, as we've seen the last few weeks, as Cooks has gotten more and more involved, um, that, that gives them the ability to, you know, blow teams out when the defense is playing well. And like we saw against the Eagles, even if the defense isn't necessarily having their best game, the offense is still able to keep them in that game. They're able to go toe-to-toe. They're able to move the ball, um, you know, give a you know a couple more inches and they can they probably win that game with Luke Schoonmaker in that touchdown or the two-point play. But, um, you know, I, I think having, having Brandon Cooks play the way that he has of late, that takes his offense to another level and – you got to score points to win games. And so that to me, that's, that's the real tiebreaker between those two. And, and B1, I do think, you know, I mentioned that the production for cooks kind of dropped off this week. He still had three receptions for 42 yards, like a still really solid day when it comes to average on, on those receptions. Um, you could tell that, and of course, even to Carolina had a top pass defense. So his numbers might not look great. Same with CD lamb. Of course, his record um, for 150 plus on 10 receptions came to a halt. Um, so it stops at three games, but you know, when you're going up against a top pass defense, that will also happen in the playoffs. And then also when you're facing a lot of these dynamic receivers, you need all hands on deck too. So that's why when you're looking at both of these players, I mean, they're sort of the number two at their position on the team. They may not be CeeDee Lamb. They might not be Deron Bland. But, you know, in this situation where one of those players, you know, is sort of not really involved where teams don't want to throw to Deron Bland and teams don't want you know, CeeDee Lamb to have a great game. Who do you feel more confident in kind of being that number one guy that needs to step up? Well, if if uh, Trayvon Diggs was uh, available, unfortunately, in, in this universe these days uh, with his ACL injury, hope, hope he's uh, doing well there and we'll see him in uh, 2024, then I would say, yeah, we, we, you know, I'd go Brandon Cooks. But for me, you know, let's let's look at the let's look at the uh, the depth chart here at cornerback. So you know, and, and Chris already alluded to it. All these great weapons. You mentioned the Ayuks. You know, you mentioned you know you obviously have Debo Samuel. You have you know you have AJ Brown, Devontae Smith. I can go on and on. And in Minnesota, you know, if something happens there, I know the the bracket doesn't look right look at it right now. But a Justin Jefferson, for example, is on the board. Uh, St. Brown from the Lions. Like I'm just naming all these receivers that you know Chris was mentioning as well. To me, I, I really have somebody that locks locks down corners at this point. And you know, if you're going from Gilly to let's see, Nashawn Wright, Eric Scott Jr., Iggy, Izzy, I'm not too comfortable with that to be honest with you. So I think Stephon Gilmore is the is the choice. And Brandon Brandon Cooks to me is you know he's a great option in 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 this offense. And by the way, he he was the leading receiver on the team with. Uh, you know, a tremendous 42 yards receiving this week. So, he, you know, he, you know, he was the leading receiver for, for, albeit for 42 yards, but we have so many weapons on offense right now. 
I be, I believe you're going to see a more even even if they were struggling in the passing game, we've seen Tony Pollard look more like himself this past week on his first touchdown since week one. You know, Enrico Dotto has looked great. He looks like he wants every time he gets the ball, it's like the last. He feels like he's going to be, you know, he's never going to get the ball again. So he's always running hard, and then. C.D. Lamb. I mean, C.D. Lamb is, the, in his words and in my words, too, he's the best receiver in the game right now. Michael Gallup has shown moments. You know, uh, we ha- also have tight ends that are playing well. Scooney had, a, you know, Scooney had a touchdown this weekend. Fergie had a touchdown. You could also throw Pollard out in, at receiver. So there's there's options there. So for me, and 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 I know I see Howman getting ready to to respond back. I know he's getting excited over here. So Brandon Cooks does something similar to a Cavante Turpin, which is, you know, go deep, you know, go deep. He's the deep ball guy too. So in that case, if Brandon Cooks is struggling, you still have Cavante Turpin to go out there and throw and do a go, a go route. And he's going to outrun everybody. So for me, you know, going back to Gilly, you just, you know, it, it can't just be Deron Bland. Like we have to have somebody else in there. Yes. We have safeties. We, you know, we have great, you know, I feel like our linebacking group is good. Our pass rushers are great, but at the end of the day, you have to, if, if, if for some reason we can't get to the quarterback, those cornerbacks, that secondary better be locking some people down, or guess what? This game is done. So for me, Gilly, Gilly needs to show up and, and do what he does. I'm not asking him to be the all, you know, the the you know, DPOI, the defensive player of the year that he once was, but if he can still be as you know as good as he is right now, that's what I can ask for. And Cowboys have won plenty of games this year without Brandon Cooks being, you know, you know what he, you know, not showing up for the most of the season. So I, I'm not as worried about that. Uh, to just give my point before you go, Halman, um, I agree that I, if I had to pick, I would choose Brandon Cooks. So I'm I'm happy that we're all split on this. Where I look at last year's playoff loss to the 49ers, right? Like when you look at against the Bucks, they had the offensive explosion where everybody was getting their their fair share of the pie. Um, Dak was on a heater, but when they needed somebody to step up. In that San Francisco game, there wasn't really too many players to be found. Tony Pollard, of course, went down, and it was really just CeeDee Lamb, maybe Dalton Schultz. Um, and they still had Trayvon Diggs. They had Deron Bland in that game. They had their two shutdown corners. And to me, I would much rather put the Cowboys into a scenario where they're hitting on all cylinders with CeeDee Lamb and Brandon Cooks going off, similar to what happened against the Giants, where then now you have to force a team to play catch-up and then it releases the pass rush, uh, similar to kind of what happened in this weekend against Carolina, where you had the Panthers keeping it close for a long time, but the minute that the Cowboys got a little bit more of a lead, of course, be it with the Deron Bland pick six, that meant that the I Panthers that meant the Panthers had to play catch up, and they're just now having to pass more than run, and then that unleashes the pass rush on the quarterback. And of course, if you're going against the 49ers, that means Micah Parsons kind of feasting a little bit more. And so I think. Both players have a good argument to be said that that they're both important. So I'll ride the fence on that and agree with both of you, or all three of you, rather. Um, but I just think when you look at the Cowboys having this offensive explosion, I think that puts teams in a much more difficult position, especially if you have to go and play Detroit. Jared Goff has shown he'll throw you the ball a time or two. Derek Carr has certainly done that too. And Brock Purdy isn't immune to that as well. So I think if you put these passers in a playoff scenario where they have to kind of make plays, I think that it favors the defense a lot more when you have these offensive guys having their best, best production. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't, championships. <laughs> I couldn't have said it better myself. Um, and you kind of made the point for me. 
I actually, I, I didn't have much of a rebuttal. I just, everyone was talking about Brandon Ayuk and, and being this great receiver, and I just had to point out he also went to Arizona uh, State. Okay. Oh, <laughs> you're pulling my, you're, you're taking I, my, uh, my side of things here. I realized <laughs> after I heard his name like the third time, I was like, oh, man, I, mi- I missed my chance. So I made sure to get it in there. Well, I, I want to wrap it up, um, you know, because, again, I think the Cowboys are in, in a great scenario, whether it's the fifth seed playing for the division um, I think we can all be thankful that the Cowboys season is not like the Giants season, not like the commander season, uh, not like a lot of teams that are around the NFL and especially like the Carolina Panthers. So uh, B1, I'll throw it to you first and then we'll go to Hellman, then Chris. What's the one thing that you're thankful for, uh, you know, that the Cowboys are going to be having on their side as they take on the commanders for Thanksgiving? So before that, I just want to say I'm thankful for being on a great show with the three of you guys. And I honestly, I want to say I wish you guys a happy, healthy Thanksgiving. I just want to put that out there See, first. You know, if this was the round table, you know, you're playing all the hits, so you'd be getting a million <laughs> points, points right now. But it's not, yeah, yeah. unfortunately, they're, they're yeah, no, yeah. no points. But no, I, I just want to put that out there. But, you know, as a Cowboys fan, I'm thankful, you know, I'm thankful for a great, you know, a seven and three team right now and, and going into a commander's game where uh, I think Sam Howell, I believe he's uh, in the league leaders and uh, getting sacked, if I'm not mistaken. I believe he's up there right now. So uh, with that, that, that uh, ferocious Cowboys pass rush that we have, I am going to enjoy a feast uh, of uh, Micah Parsons and company feasting on Mr. Sam Howell uh, all game long for a nice, an enjoyable dessert while well, I'm eating dessert uh, for the, uh, you know, the Cowboys crushing the commanders on Thanksgiving this year. I think for me, uh, what I'm most thankful for can be summed up in three words, Michael, John McCarthy, <laughs> full name, pulling out the full name. Uh, I, I've, I've been a fan of McCarthy since he, since he showed up and took the head coaching job, but this year obviously is a little bit different with him calling the plays again. Um, and it's taken a little bit for him to kind of get back in his groove. They made some changes in the bye week, and the offense has come out and just been absolutely on fire lately. Dak Prescott is just doing his thing. Had some issues with the run game. It's gotten progressively better each each week. This week was really it's the best it's been all year. Um, and, and just everything I see with this offense, they're they're learning on the fly. They're making improvements. They're making adjustments for the better. And you know, it, it's it's just it's so hopeful to, to have this offense that it's not like, you know, as much as I, you know, loved Kellen Moore for his time here, there were times where like, he'd have a great game and the next week. It's like, it's like, he's a completely different play caller. And it's like, well, like what's going on? Like do what, do what worked last week. And with McCarthy, they came out of the bye, they made these changes and then they just kept doing that and they kept doing that and they kept doing what works. And I appreciate that. And it's, it's something I'm thankful for as they, are going through this stretch of, of playing the commanders, then playing the Seahawks, and then getting into the stretch of games we were talking about of they're going to need some big explosions from their offense. They're going to need some big days. So I'm, I'm thankful to have someone of his experience and not only the experience, but being able to adapt his offense to the more modern NFL since the last time he called plays. Well, just to follow um, David's uh, little three-word yeah, um, three answer, I'll say that uh, what I'm thankful for is uh, Daniel Patrick Quinn because, you know, at the end of the day, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm very appreciative of Mike McCarthy as well, but I think that we have to give a lot of props to Dan Quinn and what he gets out of his defensive players because, you know, there was a time period when, when um, Rod Marinelli was a defensive coordinator in Dallas, 
it was very scarce to see us get an interception. It was very rare to see the Cowboys, you know, force a takeaway and very rare to see them get in the backfield and get sacks and all these things. So I think that, yes, we have very talented players on the defensive end of the ball, but are we sure that Deron Bland is going to produce this much if he's not in Dan Quinn's system? Are we sure that we get to see what we see from Trayvon Diggs if he's not in Dan Quinn's system? Is Micah Parsons going to get all those different looks where he's sometimes lined up across the center, where he's sometimes lined up at linebacker, he's sometimes lined up on the edge, if not for Dan Quinn. I think that Dan Quinn is the best coordinator in the NFL, and I'm thankful that he chose to pass up some head coaching jobs and come back to the Dallas Cowboys. And, you know, I think that that's something that the Cowboys should be thankful for every year that he decides to do that. And I think that it puts even more pressure on the Cowboys to go all the way and win that Super Bowl while he's still a Dallas Cowboy because it's not guaranteed that he'll be here forever. So I think it's very important that the Cowboys, you know, I think it's very important that uh, they capitalize when he's on the team. So, you know, I'm thankful for how great this defense is, but I'm also thankful for the leader of that defense and bringing the best out of his players. Well, you guys said it all perfect. Um, I was going to say Mike McCarthy, and I was going to say the adjustment that he made after the bye week where it's no longer the same offense we saw at the beginning of the year. I mean, the San Francisco 49ers game was almost like a flashpoint moment for this team where they said, you know what, let's let's figure out what we need to do differently. Um, they went all the way uh, on the other side where now they're pulling out the Wildcat. Maybe they need to pull it back just a little bit. Uh, but listen, uh, throw everything at the wall, see what sticks. Um, I'll say this. I mean, thankful for all the fans at AT&T Stadium. I mean, there's never been a home field advantage to quite like this uh, you know, stretch that the Cowboys have been on, winning 12 straight at home. Um, they're playing uh, their next three games at home. So if you're talking about trying to go on a stretch here where you need to kind of win some games, um, the Cowboys can, can certainly do that given the home field advantage that they've developed. Um, I'll say this, you know, if we're going to go with three words, I'm thankful for uh, Brandon, David, and Chris. I'm thankful for all you guys or if we're going to be in the spirit of the three-word answers here. But, uh, yeah, no, definitely thankful for all you guys, the fans that keep listening to this great podcast and, and all the stuff that we do. And make sure you check out all the great content that all of us put out on bloggingtheboys.com that we put out on X. I'm sure B1 will be putting out his laundry list of uh, head coaching candidates for, for Syracuse football, making sure we find the right one uh for the for the you better what, believe what, it what are we called uh, what do we call them the orange the the hard fighting oranges what, what do we call them no 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 that's it we just we just go to syracuse orange baby and then and, uh, citrusy just, orange. yeah <laughs> citrusy orange. yeah, yeah the, but on a, on a side note i want to i have to make one syracuse reference it's 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 part of the show so uh you know fun fact you know as sam howell played at university of north carolina who also played in ACC conference that uh, Syracuse plays in. So they have played each other and I've watched Sam Howell play. So there's your Syracuse reference somehow that I got into the show this week. There you go. Fun fact, Clemson just demolished UNC in football. And I take that as a win for my weekend as well. Well, we're all thankful for all of college football. And uh, yeah, way to tie it all together, guys. It's full circle, like a big old plate of turkey, mashed potatoes and stuffing on Thanksgiving. So uh, for B1, for David Hallman, for Chris Halling, I am Brandon Laurie. Thank you so much for tuning into the latest episode of the Writer's Block. Have a happy and safe Thanksgiving, and we will talk to you guys next week. And always remember, go Cowboys. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. 
Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.